Oh, man. Shit beat me again. Well, those of you who are gonna believe 3.30 are gonna get fucked again. You! Oh, now! About to witness the awesome man crushing a might of the U A D S Robinson show Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never ends. This is V Seven Seven of the UGS Robinson Show Stomper theme. I'm gonna do something I never really do. Talk about other journalists. (laughs) But first, the words that start all off. Stigmata from Calling of the Just. Song is called Intro All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer and given half a chance. Still available. I know because I sell it to them because I put it out. Upstate New York band, Bob Riley sings the words to just about say it all. Listen well, brethren, sisterin. But I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Or being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, all right. Uh, At the end of the music, yeah, yeah, a good look at your face. Exactly. Well, yes, Mr. Barry, let me tell you something. One of us were on that tip a little bit before the other. One of us sticks our finger in the air, but that's not, I love Luke, that's not the point of the show. But first, let's get a little business out of the way. Popeye's here, get away from the bar, get up against the wall, stingy brim fedora for you today, even though it's sweltering hot in this little cat piss box that I call a studio, I bring you the show. But first, uh, a little housekeeping commercials at the top of the hour. Much like PBS will get them out of the way all in one fell swoop. We are at August 25th. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are like in terms of the... It is, yeah, I know. It took me a long time to find it. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Stomper. You'll probably watch it for free. You don't have to. You can actually pay and support uh, as many many listeners do. Some of the listeners who do it at the $10 level get calls from me. But you got to remind me. Dude, uh, uh, I got your email. Uh, I, I don't know if you want me to mention your name. The one who also wrote the sex column. Uh, I got your email. Um, I will uh, call you this week. Uh, but thanks for the reminder because I need it. Uh, but we're also going to do something special this week because uh, this is my birthday week. I'm only telling you guys. I don't tell it on Facebook because I don't like these like million impersonal things that people get. You know, it's like shouldering your burden with complaint. Also, bear good tidings with 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 it with an even shoulder. So uh, anyway, we're gonna auction off starting like now at the beginning. Whoa! Take a drink. The poster's falling. We're gonna take uh, my ghee, Sarawa, an original Sarawa Academy Pakistan fueled ghee, uh, uh, bleach damaged, uh, battle worn and tested. Uh, so you can auction because I can read now somehow because this YouTube thing they changed it around. I can read the live. I can um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll open the envelope on Wednesday, which is my birthday. Uh, uh, so uh, you can see it now, and I can read the comments. You can bid, and the PayPal is Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com. Highest bid by the end of the show gets it. I don't expect you. I mean, you can't really train in it. You can't compete in it. But it's a nice keepsake, and I'll sign it with a big Sharpie before I send it off to you. And uh, But you got to bid at least enough to pay for the fucking – don't make me a sucker. Like, I got I got to go in the hole when I go to UPS or the post office to mail it to you. So at least it should, bid enough so that I can at least pay for the shipping. So that's one of the commercials. Also, July was the lowest month ever in terms of uh, donations, uh, but there were only two shows. We delivered four shows in August. So it would be nice if you put something in the kitty. If not, no, Pinko, baby. It's from the uh, Big Black song. Hey, baby, my name is Pinko. Why don't you come over sometime and let me fuck you? All right, Steve Albini and uh, his band Big Black is from one of their songs. That's where I got Pinko, as in Kami, as in Steve Albini's song. So um, the commercials are out of the way. Donate. We have, uh, what, uh, seven, six, six, six more days left in the month. For you to give a nickel, a dollar, 50 cents, two dollars. Not Plinko, Pinko, 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 P I N K O. <laughs> uh, I know it is, right? Uh, it is. And it, 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 at least it covers up the marks on the wall. So I want to tell you a little bit of a story. <laughs> You'll fuck it with me. I want to tell you a little bit of a story. So um, I used to be editor in chief of EQ magazine. It was a, a, uh, a magazine published by CMP, and I think California Music Player or some such thing. They published Guitar Player. They published Bass Player. They published Keyboard. They published EQ. Uh, maybe they co-sponsored Drummer. Um, a few others. I, 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 don't, I don't remember which. Anyway, I was editor-in-chief of the publication. And what uh, they... Pretty much, they just brought guys in, music instrument guys, to uh, to, to be in. So, uh, but they decided. Uh, I don't remember even how I got the job. I think I just came in over the transom, and they uh, decided to get a real world journalist to do the magazine, which they had just brought industry guys in before. So, a couple of weird things happened. One, the woman who was the head of PR called me, and I was on tour with Oxbow, and she called me and said, "Hey, listen, I need some information. Um, you know." Um, I need some information about you to do a press release. And so I gave her some cursory information. But then she made the uh, colossal error from my likes to go to uh, uh, Google and type my name in and found all this shit on me connected to Oxbow and so on. So they had a big talk about it. Then like, oh, my God, this people is choking. This guy is choking people from the stage. And, he's, you know, he's half naked on stage. And and uh God damn it. I mean, I think we might have stepped in it here. And one person came to my defense, and, and it was the, the president of the company. And she said, it's a music recording magazine. Looks like the guy has been involved in music professionally for like 20 years. Seems like he's the perfect guy for it. So they begrudgingly brought me in, and they had a much-loved editor-in-chief prior to, uh, his name was Mitch. But they hired me anyway as editor-in-chief. I don't know how they expected that to work. Then they said, like, the first week on the job, well, you got to lay Mitch off or you got to work on something. I go, why the fuck would you have? Why don't you do that before I got here? And then one of the vice presidents was, oh, thank you. The blue balls, let him plug it in. Let's plug in the blue balls. And you tell me if you can hear the difference, right? Let's see. Let's see if this works. All right. Blue balls. Remember that little dog we used to have, that little dog named Snowballs? They had a little one that we used to dye pink. And another one that died. Yeah. So uh, right now, it says I get one bar in the register. But the light is on. Can you hear me well? I can read the comments, so you might as well say yes, or we'll end up talking about the blue balls for, like, the whole fucking show. Okay, good. All right. So now I have the blue balls. The guy who questioned whether or not it was even on, look at the red light. It's on. Wait a second. It, it's on. Anyway, if you can hear me, that's fine. So, um, so they say, you know, you got, you got to, you got to get rid of, you, uh, you got to get rid of Mitch uh, somehow. I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm. It is on. 
I'm not going to get rid of this much love guy. He goes, well, if well, if you're not man enough, I go, this is not a referendum on my masculinity. I just don't want to, you know, the guys contribute a lot. I don't know why you wouldn't have done this uh, before I got. Okay. So they say, you got to do it. So I'm looking for the midway. So I go in and talk to Mitch. I say, Mitch, listen, this is what they're trying to make me do. How about this? How about we share the job? You get paid as a freelancer, but I still keep you at the, I cut the salary a bit, but you're still around. And then Mitch was like, fuck that. I'm leaving. And yeah, I mean, he knew he knew them better than I knew them. Didn't bear me any ill will. He left, went to work for Sweetwater. Right? Face it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so a uh, so um, Mitch leaves, and, and they discover this stuff about me and Oxbow, the outre, the stage performance, and all that kind of stuff. I start the job, and they call me into a meeting. The vice president calls me into a meeting, and they say, "Hey, uh." We saw your, uh, it was from a, uh, the first Oxbow documentary. There have been three. Music for Adults was number one. Uh, Still Before was number two. And Luxury of Empire was number three. We've had three documentaries made about us. And she said, we saw your movie. I said, well, which one? She goes, you've been in more than one. I said, well, I was in Leonard Part Six. I was the da-da-da, but da but da And she goes, no, the documentary about your band. I go, oh, cool. And she goes, don't worry. We're not going to fire you. I go, it never dawned on me that you were going to fire me. It's a big, well, you know, it was kind of upsetting. So whatever. There was, was all a sturm and drum. Anyway, the first issue I put on, I wanted to signal that something was different. I, uh, magazines are entertainment. I wanted to grab people. I put Will I Am on the cover. January issue. Producer, the EQ magazine, music recording. He's a producer. Boom. Will I Am on the cover. Second issue, Fevery Corporation. Boom. So I'm following a formula, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Um, second issue, Thievery Corporation. I wanted to doll up a cool. Third issue, Jack Joseph Puig, uh, a producer extraordinaire, no longer producing now, but works at, I think works at Sire Records. And then, and then uh, fourth issue, a more established maquette. And clearly I had set up a pattern for the year, right? Those four, and then I think number five, and then repeat, and number five, so the people from Sweetwater say, well, you know what? We think the magazine is becoming too urban, and we're going to pull all of our advertising, not only from EQ, but from all the other publications. Now, the guy from Sweetwater is based in Indiana, and it's like uh, he's probably going to run for governor. He's the number one, not Terre Haute, I can't remember where they're based, but massive. Started Sweetwater in his basement, billion-dollar company, crazy, crazy, crazy. So they're threatening to pull all their advertising because the magazine is too urban. The vice president had the had the uh, the vice president had the had the <laughs> had the uh, wherewithal when she was confronted by this guy saying, "Yes, exactly, urban meaning what?" And she goes, "You know, this sounds dangerously like racism, and I know you guys are not racist, so uh, I, it can't possibly be that, right?" So they get into an argument. She covers for me, stands behind me. And they don't end up pulling their advertising, right? And that's how I met Joe Ciccarelli. That's how I met all the guys who produced the Zeppelin and the Who and all the Beatles, all these cats. Well, I decided everybody's digging what we'll do. Let's do a massive roundup, like do like theme issues, music instruments. Guys, let's do a theme issue. We're going to do the mic issue. We're going to review every single mic on the market. And there's a company called, uh, God damn it, I never remember their name at this point, which I should remember. Um, audio, uh, I can't remember their name. This is a major failing of the story. Um, but they had given me eight mics for the issue, right? And I gave them out to other people. And um, one cat, um, let's just call him JJ. Um, reviewed one of the mics, and he, he said, you know, they're charging uh, professional prices, and this is actually a prosumer microphone, which means it's uh, it's mostly for consumer, it's an expensive consumer mic, right? And, and then and then I realized I realized something. I realized, well, I, I, let me not get ahead of myself. So they had eight mics. <clears throat> uh, six of the mics got great reviews. Two of the mics by this guy JJ. Um, Got mediocre reviews. In other words, what you're saying is Mike is fine, but they're charging too much for it. Simple. So I go to one of these trade shows, either AES, Audio Engineering Society, or NAM, National Association of Music Manufacturers, 
And the guys from this company, Audio, Audio Technica, maybe that's it. I don't remember. I'd have to look at the actual magazine. They say, hey, uh, could we talk to you? I go, yeah, sure. And if you've ever been to a trade show, you know, they have the big, they have the public side, they have the big, you know, kind of proscenium, you know, with their name emblazoned, all their equipment, the front side. And then they have back rooms, so the meeting side. So I say, yeah, sure. This is no, come on back. And they take me into behind the front side. And I'm now with six of these guys. And, they, and you don't have to be able to read the fucking room to know these guys are enraged, enraged, and like shaking and red faced and, uh, and like, like want, I know people who want to hit, they would have hit, had I not been me, they probably would have fucking hit me. And they're like, you fucked us up with this mic review. I go, what are you talking about? You guys had eight mics. I gave six great reviews. And the, the other two were, said, you know, you fucked us up. You fucked us. I can't believe you. I go, what are you talking about? They said, we want you to print a retraction. I can't retract anything. The guy gave his honest opinion. And so I resist. I resist. I resist. I said, I'm sorry. You're unhappy. I said, we'll do a special thing for you next year. Yeah, but that, fuck you. We want you to burn. I'm not going to do it. So I get out of the booth. They don't hit me. I'm like, hey, fuck, oh, fuck yourself. They start working on JJ. They start working on JJ. And JJ, uh, at this point, folds. He realizes, you know, fuck it. I run a studio too. I can get more of these guys by being nice and not being nice. Fuck it. Folds. Leaving Eugene S. Robinson in the wind. Now I'm in trouble. They're threatening to pull their advertising. So they am now in Sweetwater on the heels of that. It's just turned into a big super pain in the ass for me. And I'm complaining about it at practice. And I'm telling it to the rest of Oxbow. And my drummer says, it starts, he's asking a few questions here and there. And then he, I finished the story that I just told you. And he said, I gotta take this off. He said, you're a fucking idiot. I go, I'm a fucking idiot. He goes, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, he goes, I go, okay, okay, explain. He goes, um, who pays for your magazine? What do you mean, who pays for it? The revenue structure of the magazine. Where does it come from? And who, what is your salary drawn off of? I said, well, mostly subscriptions and, and advertising. I go, the lion, he goes, the lion's share of your money comes from subscriptions or advertising. I go, the, the lion's share comes from, from uh, uh, advertising. He goes, right. Those guys that wanted to punch you in the face, those guys. He goes, those guys who write your fucking check are those guys whose lips you, exactly. Those guys that you, you, whose lips, whose, whose asses your lips should, should be on. I go, what do you get? I'm serving the public interest. I go, fuck the public. They don't pay shit. I go, well, they pay for subscriptions. And he goes, you're, you're an idiot. Those guys who pay are the guys who pay. And you should have fucking done exactly what they wanted you to do. Why? Because they pay. And I go, oh, man, he's making some good sense. I, and I go, let me, let me talk to the guys at Tape Off. Tape Off is an engineering, music engineering recording magazine for like hipsters. And so I talked to Larry and a couple of the guys, CEO, on the editor chief there. And Larry says to me, like I'm the biggest dummy. Yeah, it is, isn't it, the poster? Uh, like I'm the biggest dummy in the world. And he says, well, this is what we do. If I get a mic and I don't like it, I pass it to Larry. If Larry gets a mic and he doesn't like it, we pass it to somebody else. And then we pass it to somebody else. And then we get five of us who don't like it. We go back. You don't think it's on? Well, let's see if there's a difference. Now it's unplugged. Does it sound any different? Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to finish this story, though. I'm not going to get lost in these tech issues. I'll do it without the mic and worry about this later. Um, so uh, um, Larry says, we, if we go through five iterations. If we can't find anybody here who likes it, we go back to the manufacturer and go, look, we went through five different people who like it. This is a feedback loop we have to shut off. Uh, we, we're going to share with you. So do you want us to review it or do you want to give us another shot? He goes, well, give us your, he, the, the manufacturer will say, well, give us your notes and we'll see if we can fix it. So Larry and these other four guys will send their notes and they'll send it back to the music manufacturer and they won't review it. 
They won't review it. And they'll give them a chance to fix it, and they'll come back. And that's how tape op, you see, they exist in that gray zone. In other words, they're not lying to the public. They're still serving the public's interest while at the same time serving the interest of people who advertise with them. I've spent 20 minutes talking about this because I wanted to put into context Access Ariel and uh, 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 his actions and his activities through six wins as MMA Journalist of the Year. Dude is not an independent agent. We want some sort of rectitude from a guy who we pay him nothing, nothing. He doesn't have the job. And I know this sounds like sympathy for the devil, but I want you to hear me out. He doesn't have the job he has because of us. It's like the like Ice Cube said about Cypress Hill. I don't know anybody in the hood who rocks their shit. I don't know anybody who's a real fan of his. I mean, you know, to a certain degree, I think we like to have him around to kick him around, right? Like to have him around to kick him around. There's no other reason to have the cat around, right? Excuse me. I don't, in other words, I don't think his, his fan base, as it were, is organic. In other words, why do we assume that he serves our interest? We shouldn't assume this. But we, we have this idea of, of media, of press, of journalism being a, a fourth estate. Since when? Never was a poor man who funded a magazine. He serves the people who pay to be served. And if we and, and insofar as their interests align with our interests, then we get stuff, then we get stuff that then we get stuff that works, right? His interests align with our interests, then we get stuff that works. It's only in, in, in glaring disc discontinuities, like with the McNuggets thing, that we start to like feel weird. Say, like, whoa, 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 Mr. Access, you got all this access, and you know, you're massaging McNuggets nuggets. How the hell, how the hell does that serve our interest? To which you should turn around and go, your interest? You got what you paid for. Go fuck yourself. He won't say that, of course, because it's, a, it's an act of ledger domain. It's a kind of a magic act that he's playing where he likes to believe, like we all like to believe, that he's got a, uh, uh, you know, that he's got a, a fan base of some kind, a legitimate. I, I mean, you know, look, I get my rocks off that way. Uh, that's why people like who put out our records. Oh, I see what was wrong. I had the headset plugged in. And I ask, I'll ask the record label. And as long as people still want to put out records, I believe that there are record labels who are putting their fingers in the air and saying, oh, people still listen to. Yeah, I know. I had the wrong thing plugged in. I'm sorry. I had something plugged in. Yes. Ah, stop it. Ah, this is okay. So now I'm going to plug in. I'm going to plug back in the blue balls. And we'll see if that makes a difference. Okay. <laughs> yeah, coming out of the closet. Yeah, okay. We're going to get to that too. All right, good. So what about the blue balls? Is that working, do you think? Anyway, uh, look. So, um, so he doesn't serve our interests. Insofar as our interests align with the interests of the overlords, the bald one at the oopsie, then it makes a difference. Otherwise, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. Um, so, so, um, so all this misplaced shock is like the line from Casablanca. There's gambling going on here? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. And I'm not so surprised. But what was surprising? What was surprising this week? Is that Luke? When a man's mother dies, he get a little rabbit in his blood, and his mind ain't right. Luke, not the box. That was my struther Martin. Uh, okay, I'm gonna unplug the blue balls because I can't hold it the whole show. That was my struther Martin from Cool Hand Luke. 
But what was unusual this week was that Luke turned on uh, 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 and, and that's the way he wants it. That Luke turned on uh, Access Ariel and was like, well, not by name, but named him. Look, one of the great things about getting older in music is I no longer feel any compunction about being uh, uh, political. Those of you who follow me on Facebook see that I discovered that Maynard from Tool uh, had, and his uh, autobiography had mentioned Oxbow, and uh, and I put it on, I, I, you know, I put it on, um, I put it up on Facebook. I think I tweeted it out. So if you follow me on Twitter at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, you you've seen it. And some people on Facebook were like, "Ah, those guys suck. Those guys suck." I'm like, "Hey, man, that's not why I put it up. I'm actually happy that they made mention of it." You know. I mean, I've written a lot about the weird show. That we didn't, it wasn't with Tool. It was with uh, their Maynard side project, The Perfect Circle. I'm surprised he remembered us. My uh, rem uh, memory is that he came in after we finished playing. So uh, uh, whatever. People are like, ah, it's, ah, that's not why I put it up there. I'm not saying mainstream automatically is bad. But, yeah, people are saying somebody else should be in that spot. Um, somebody, else, somebody else should be in that spot. But that... Okay, me would not serve the public's interest. Oh, would not serve the payer's interest. The payer being the UFC. I would last a month, and the UFC hasn't figured out that we can smell bullshit, or the UFC has figured out that we can smell bullshit, and they don't care that we smell bullshit. I've all, every time I've worked in corporations, I say people can tell a difference, and this is what I told the guys at the mic company. Yeah, that's true. Um, th this is what I told the guys, the mic company. I said, if you want eight mics, you want me to say glowing stuff about the mics, you got to know that people can smell the bullshit. I've got to create the illusion that this is an impartial guide and that we're giving hard hitting. You, Decibel Magazine is another. You can tell all you, oh, the record. It's no mistake that the record on the back cover, on the front cover, and with a big spread inside, when the record reviewed, gets a nine. It gets a nine. Why? Because I'm serving the payer. And you don't like that? Go to a restaurant, order some filet mignon, and see what happens when he brings you a cheeseburger. Hey, man, I ordered the filet mignon. Whatever, bro. Here's a cheeseburger. I suggest you take what's given you, even if it doesn't agree with you. So while on the one hand, it seems like I'm defending uh, Axis Arrow, the reality of it is he is what he is. I do not listen to him. I do not watch him. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did. Uh, McNuggets didn't rape a fan. But what I want is to to trod that razor thin line between serving the payers and serving a public interest. And you at this point now, there's enough cat out of it, anal cat out of the bag that you got to deal with it. You got it. And then they're like, they're robocopping it. Like they'll fix it. They can fix anything. Really? Because the New York times is reporting it. Now I'm not just making this shit up. Who was that guy who sent me the link from that downfall thing saying that, okay, there have been what what's ah, there have been WhatsApp lynch mobs. WhatsApp lynch mobs that have just and trying to cast a well, you know, everybody's innocent till proven guilty. Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. If we're not hearing the charges, it's beyond a presumption of innocence. So um in any case, these are just words. Why are these things that we can't talk about? Which kind of segues into something later. So on the one hand, that um, no, I didn't see Luke's stream of disclaimers response. I didn't see that. That I didn't see that. But on the other hand, to maintain credibility, I wonder what kind of uh, what kind of contortionist act that uh, Access Ariel has to do to feel like he's doing something legitimate. In actual fact, I don't think he does any. I think he takes this little piece of paper called the check and he goes to the bank and, th and that's as, as much twisting as he's doing. The reality of it is it's up to us. It's up to us.
It's up to us. I mean, what he he is a PR he's a member of a PR apparatus, and uh, yeah, that it's irksome that he he's getting awards. That's uh, that's sort of irksome to me. But he is a, a member of the PR apparatus, and there's a concentric circle, and at the center of that concentric circle is a bald one, and radiating out from that concentric circle are different degrees of PR. And on the periphery, and the reality of it is, this is all over. Steve Jobs said to one of my coworkers, I had left Apple, I had gone to work for Future Publishing, and I was working at Mac Life, and they went to this live event, and they talked to Steve Jobs and he, when he was still alive, and he said, oh, you're with the fanzine. He clearly had turned away from giving a shit about Mac Life or Mac Rumors and all these different Mac-focused magazines. The only magazines that made a difference to him were Rolling Stone and Time. And where did I hear that before? I remember distinctly the year I was, uh, like 2005, I was uh, going to the UFC, get my press credential, ran this Cat Evan, who wrote for Rolling Stone. And he was like, man, he was telling me what the UFC was doing for him versus what they were doing for me day and night. And I remember when Eddie Goldman flipped out, which was years before 2005 either, where uh, 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 the bald one was like, the bald one wasn't even the bald one then. He had hair. That's how long ago it was. He goes, I'm not serving MMA media anymore. I don't give a shit about you guys. I'm serving mainstream media. A, a piece in People magazine or New York Times or Vanity Fair is worth way more. And I got the love I got because I was the first one to write for a national publication about MMA and it was for GQ. But the concentric circle goes up. Now, if I could have kept getting GQ or Vanity Fair pieces on MMA, but that's not their business. And if they're interested in somebody like McNuggets, it's for a photo spread because he his Q rating was pretty high. No more. So now, guys like me who have to who have to work harder to get a credential than I do even to sit with the president. I met Clinton. I didn't have to do any paperwork with that. That means that I'm on the periphery. I'm insignificant. I'm a nodule on the nuts of the oofsie, which gives me a great deal of latitude to say whatever I want. Now I'm not even on, on bloody elbow anymore. I'm not even an apparatchik to box. Well, I mean, I just recorded Care Don't Care preview in which I predicted that uh, Matt Mitrion was going to get his fucking clock cleaned by Sergey Charanatarantaranov uh, uh, at the Bellator. But I'm really kind of, Q rating, yeah, Q rating is a, is, a, is a standard that Hollywood uses about popularity. After I, I, I became aware of it after Tom Cruise's couch jumping episode. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty odd thing, but they, 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 it, it registers how people feel in general. They just, you can go down the name, like, you know, Dan and Yogurt. They, they, everybody's tied into it. You can see it's like a stock market for for opinion, uh, opinion and feelings. Just say a word to see how people feel. I think they actually call people all over America and say shit like chocolate chip cookies. And people are like, I don't really like. And so, you know. So, um, so that's, that, 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 that is the deal. I, so you, between the, somewhere between the truth, between the two, you get decent reporting. And somebody like Luke is, is one, it's, Luke gets paid significantly more to do it than than than, than I do. Um, pretty pretty sure that Luke gets. I mean, this is his only job, I'm guessing. So he he has got to um, he has got to try in a performative way. What I was trying to convince these Mike guys, you what is that old Hollywood adage about sincerity is everything? But once you got that fixed, you got it made. In other words, he's got to follow Larry's line. Yeah, uh, 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 for care, I get paid for care, don't care. I don't get paid by Vox anymore. I had to make that accommodation. If you hadn't figured that out, I was getting pressure from my bosses because uh, Vox and Ozzy are competitors. So I had to move uh, um, Knuckle Up off of uh, Vox because I was aiding and giving comfort to the en enemy. And I was telling you guys before, knuckle up, I was getting a lot of, like I was being threatened with, 
being fired, like losing my daytime job if I continue to do the show. But on the other hand, Ozzy was definitely not good. I said, you want to do a show when I'm in my underwear talking about gangbangs? I don't think you do. But that wasn't the point. So I had to make that accommodation. I don't own Ozzy, not at all. It's owned by a, a billionaire consortium. Not a, it's a big media company. 50 million people read it. I don't own anything. I'm just a, a work slave. So uh, so I moved off of now, um, you know, the showstopper is on Patreon in my YouTube channel, solely directed. Um, if I did it and if the shoes fit on Tuesday night, it's moved off on the Patreon. Sometimes it, it's picked up but like a like a franchisee, like Bloody Elbow will mention it on, on a fan site, like they mentioned many other things. But I'm not drawing a paycheck. That's why I'm hitting you guys about Patreon.com because all that money that used to come, all of that big $200 that used to come from um, per show from Vox is gone. Um, so I don't get pressure from work. And at this time, uh, I mean, care don't care is technically I'm on as a guest. So that is that. Uh, in yeah, I'm wearing underwear now because I'm sitting on the cat piss laden stinking couch. Um, so. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, so Luke, Luke has got between Luke and Aria, Luke, Luke has got the harder job, very, very similitude. He's got to create the illusion that he's not a company guy and that he's serving a public interest without running himself so afoul that he has no more access. And given this week, there are all these, uh, 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 uh John Nash just got on a plane to fly to Vegas because they're doing this monopoly antitrust uh, uh, lawsuit. Um, uh, no, if Ozzy sells, I would only get paid if I exercise my stock options. But I could also get fired tomorrow. And, and I have a boss, several bosses, in fact. So um, that's the name of that, too. So uh, that's the stuff I was hinting at darkly before and I can kind of talk about now because... I made a mid-course correction to preserve my job, therefore my health insurance, my kid's college, and uh, keeps the lights on in this house. So um, so, uh, so Luke has got the tougher job, doesn't get paid as much as Access Aerial, but the shameful fucking thing is that I think I'm always torn between true believer and cynical opportunist, and fundamentally, I feel comfortable with the cynical opportunists because I think they know more. I think in, in Access Ariel's case, I think he's a true believer. I think he really believes that he's a six-time MMA Journalist of the Year award. I think he really believes he's doing a hard-hitting stuff. And I'm basing this on the crying, sobbing, you know, kind of thing where he almost got fired and then he made a mid-course correction and still believes it. Still believes it. I would get into the stock option thing, but I think that's 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 off 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 the show, and it's confusing and, and curious and uh, and dangerous kind of not not personally dangerous, but I, I'm talking about stuff I'm not quite sure about. But I've seen people get screwed in the valley. Thought they were going to be able to retire on a millions of dollars and get screwed by the government, screwed by the company, and it's high finance stuff like preferred stock versus common stock and. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to hear that. So, no, ends justifying means for Ariel. It would be one thing. It would. It would be one thing if he. This is a thing. The, the genius of him. And and this is almost the genius of of true believers. They have a complete blindside. Did you see the Nuremberg trials? The um the Nuremberg trials. You should watch some of them. Some of those guys are really surprised that they're there. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? What, are you kidding? Are you putting me on trial? Wait, wait for you putting me on trial for what? Well, you killed 12 million people. You didn't kill anybody. Those were enemies of the state. No, no, you don't understand. These were humans that you 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 ginned up this fucking fake bullshit and you no, 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 you got it all wrong. Really? You got it all wrong, huh? They were surprised. That's the nature of a true believer. If Ariel were to watch your show, he'd be like, the fuck is that guy talking about? I'm going out there. I'm reporting. I'm the one getting the good story. Oh, really? Oh, really? I did a piece on Cain Velasquez. 
Who's that AKA? AKA is run by Javier Mendez, who I've known since we studied Muay Thai together in 1987-88. I call Javier, I go, hey man, I want to do a piece on this up-and-coming heavyweight kid. I like, I like, I like the cut of his jib. You should have him on. And Javier goes, Yeah, great. Call Heidi. Fuck is Heidi. I'm calling you. Because call Heidi Zinkin. Everybody's got to go through Zinkin. Concentric circles, bro. Heidi Zinkin started her own company. Used to do with Jennifer Vang. Used to do PR and marketing at uh, UFC. Broke out to their own company to create the non-antitrust illusion. So that means that Ariel will get a McNuggets and think that he's done it by dint of his own skill and talent. He really believes that. What are you going to say? It's like that kid who I come walking around the corner when I was a lifeguard, and he's I hear smashing windows, smashing windows, smashing windows, and I run around the corner. I see this kid. His shirt is folded out in front of him, and it's full of rocks, and he's got a rock in his hand. And I'm like, the fuck are you doing? Stop breaking the windows. He goes, I'm not breaking any windows. That kind of shit is true believerage. Now, this kid was a cynical opportunist because he knows he was breaking the windows, but he was going to fucking gaslight me, and it worked. Because technically, he was accurate. At the moment where I said stop breaking windows, he wasn't breaking any windows. He was just standing there. Now, what happened before you showed up, that's not what we're talking about. It's not happening now. It might happen when you leave. What do I know? He really believes it. Luke, Luke is smart enough to know the difference. And Luke understands the benefit of being able to live with yourself. In other words, if this is a Nuremberg trial for MMA journalists, uh, uh, Ariel is sitting in the, in, in the docket like, what? What? The fuck are you guys screaming about? And Luke is like, yep, yep, I got it. I got nothing to lose. Like Jeff Galuli, come on, officer. I got to come on over, officer. I got nothing to hide. Nothing to hide. I got nothing to gain. I got nothing to lose. You guys pay for me to be here. So to a certain degree, I'm serving my payers. If all of a sudden I started like, well, you know, we don't know. This is just a lot of rumors and politics of personal destruction. You know, that anal rape thing. And, you know, and did you see that softball thing where he says, well, I, you know, I slowed the video down. I wasn't even really sure that you punched him. Oh, you weren't really sure uh, uh, that you, he punched him. Technically, I got a zap rooter it. I saw a hand. I couldn't tell whether it was a slap or a punch or a push. Don't give me that shit. Do not do that. Do not create cover for this fucking brick. But he's serving his payers. And I'm serving my pettiness. And I don't need to get any closer to the center of that concentric circle to feel good about myself. Now, this is why I bug you guys at the beginning of every show about the money and the kitty, because I'm also not willing to be a voice hollering in the wilderness. I got to think that there's some benefit to my constant continual. You know, now that my, my Twitter is public, every time I mention anal rape and, and, and you know, I stand like, I do have a, it's us talking to us, but at the same time, you type my name into Google and my recent tweets come up. So anybody on the board of directors who I work could, you know, uh, you know, and you just type in, what the fuck is he, this guy who's naked on stage is talking about anal rape. What the fuck is happening over there? I am not making my life easy, but I, I am driven. Somebody said, in Japan, I was there, and they go, well, you, you will never be one of those people who sell out. I go, somebody shows up with a checkbook, selling out. Well, you'll all know, so it'll be really ineffective. It'll be really ineffective. Hey, have you guys ever heard of Proper 12? I hear it's a really good whiskey. You should try it sometime. You have to be like, Eugene, what the fuck? And I'd be like, like this professional fighter whose name I won't mention. I'm standing there with a woman. 
And he says, yeah, you know, next time you come to L.A., let's exchange numbers. You know, we'll hang out. You and my number. And I step out from the crowd. I look at him like, fuck are you. The fuck? You see me standing here? I told this story before. And, you know, I expected the guy was, he was like a world champion. I had a belt, you know. And I expected the guy to be looking at me like, you know, what you what, bro? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you, what are you going to do? But he just kind of looked at, he see, I look around her and he looks at me and he just kind of smiles like, <laughs> like, this is what we do, man. And I, 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 and I laughed too. I was like, he's right. If dude's got enough game, bye-bye, take it. I had some guy call me up all angry. Ah, you try to hit on my old lady. Say, hey, hey, man, look, you can come over right now. And I'll let you beat me up. You can beat you up. I know you. You're a fighter. You're going to kick my ass. I go, no, man. If you think you can punch your way to a better relationship with your girlfriend, you're welcome to try. I'll give you five free shots. And then you can go home and see if it feels any better. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hung up the phone. Well, the story went on beyond that, but you've already heard it. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Joe's got, Joe's got everybody. Joe's got everything. Joe's got all the cool toys. And I bet his cat doesn't get in his studio. So this segues pretty perfectly into, um, you know, that I've talked before about how I don't like how tonally Facebook and social media has changed how we interact with each other. And now I've made, I've made, um, um, I've made a decision. I've made a, not a fatal mistake. I, Lou Reed, heroin. I've made a very big decision that I'm not going to support anything negative uh, on Facebook. I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to put a sad face. If somebody I know has, if somebody I know has had somebody I know connected to them die, I will write condolences. But in general, if you're cranky about some shit that happened at the supermarket, if your class didn't go well, I'm not going to be a clearinghouse or a sounding board for shit. I got enough of my own shit to deal with. I will not. I will not like it. I will not thumbs up it. I will act like Prince said about his marriage. Um, um, like Prince said about his marriage. I will, I will do like I do about other things I don't like. I will make believe it doesn't exist. So I don't do it. But I got pulled in this week. And I got pulled in. I'm going to name dude who I got pulled in by. Um, and I got pulled in by Justin Willis, who is a guy who used to be, uh, I don't think he's ever been on the show. Maybe he has. Maybe he was a friend of Knuckle Up. And uh, he pulled me in and because I'm going to his page every now and then. And he's picking up where Josh Thompson left off and his Facebook page. And he's doing he's what is it? We call this uh, 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 gay baiting, this kind of agitprop against uh, LGBTQ things. Right. And I yeah, look, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like uh, well, I don't give a shit. It's not really my thing uh, to correct it. He's and. and He's like one comment, two comment, three comment, kind of quasi-religious, and he's talking to me. And then finally, he, they get me. I just can't. They put a photograph. Um, uh, they put a photograph of, uh, of it looks like a Tom of Finland, uh, African-American guy, tied spread eagle face down on the ground, with uh, a slave illustration of a slave master behind him, but like Tom of Finland style, undoing his pants. And he goes into this whole thing about homosexuality and racism. And, and I just can't, the tone and timbre. And I'm like, hey, man, I got 5,000 people on my Facebook page, many of whom are actually gay. Um, and they don't spend as much time talking about gay stuff as you do on your page in total. He goes, I don't know what you're trying to insinuate. I go, I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just making an observation. So that kind of stops there. And then he go, then I, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do shit for. Remember, Josh Thompson, as soon as he got back to the UFC, started comparing homosexuality to bestiality. The bald one has got understands the payer system. He serves his payers. The payers are not the fucking fighters. Those are just a resource. His payers are you and me. And that's presumably who he believes he's serving. Or maybe at this point now, ESPN, and that's why things have changed. So he put something up. It was from Pride Parade. 
and it was three guys dressed in dog mask with leather harnesses on, kneeling down, talking to a little a little girl who's amused that they're dressed up like dogs. And he writes the comment is, if you think, you know, do you think this is okay or, or appropriate? And people start loading on and loading on. And then one person is like threatening violence where they're like, man, anybody does this around my kids, they're going to have. And I was like, that's it. And I said, what, 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 with you again? Yeah, right. They're, they're now in Poland. They're trying to, uh, some kid's school had a rainbow on it. And they're like, the, the right wing in Poland is crazy over the rainbow because it's, they're trying to turn our kids gay. It's a fucking rainbow. It's in the Bible. So they're threatening violence. And I go, first of all, unless this five-year-old kid has suddenly developed a way to get a driver's license, presumably this kid was taken to the, uh, so do you have a problem with men in dog costumes? So do you also have a problem with uh, Goofy and Pluto and Underdog at public parades? Besides which, I see it's watermarked with your name on it. So you went to this fucking parade and took this photograph. And put it on your page in order to do what? He goes, I'm just, I'm going to tell you. I go, answer my question. What is this preoccupation with LGBTQ issues? You're thinking about this stuff way more than anybody I know. How is that possible? Well, I'm just concerned about good and evil. I go, you know what it says in the Bible? It says, uh, it says, uh, 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 you know, that we're judged by, by faith, not works. You know, uh, and he goes, no, go to James. It says we're judged by works before faith. And I go, we can keep this up forever, man, because I can go to Galatians and show you right now, solo fide, what fucking Martin Luther was about, that we're judged by faith alone. So look at what, and it finally, some other guy says, I don't know what you, you know, and I said, just because you're not in the kinky cosplay doesn't make these people worthy of death or beating at your hands. Well, why don't you let kids be kids? These kids' parents were perfectly okay with this kid being there. I said, there's one, I'm willing to make one concession. Adult males and erections? Should not, I don't want to see adult males with erections around children. That's it. Other than that, these guys had on as much clothing as anybody on any beach anywhere around kids. Um, you know, um, and uh, and I just, and so we just went back and forth over 60. I didn't really want to get into it, but over 60. And it's like, you know, Josh Thompson gets back to the UFC, starts on with, the, uh, uh, with bestiality and homosexuality, then he's out of the UFC. It's like, come on, bro. You're a fucking liability. So on the one hand, well, I consider that I'm trying to he, – he has been fired by the UFC because of his last fight with Curtis Blades was pretty bad. Um, and then he was doing weird stuff outside of it, like having people just kind of stalk Blades and do dirty, dirty shit and, uh, and so on. But I'm trying – I'm sort of – this is a guy who was a known associate, kind of a friend. I'm trying to help him. I was like, how are you serving your best future interests? By doing this gay baiting, how does this benefit you? How's your there are lots of things I think about. I think about carburetors more than I think about I think about social inequity. I think about I think about you know uh, neo-fascism. I think there are lots of things I think about than guys dressed in dog costumes. I I mean listen, you gotta go through that phase when you're 15. Where if like when you deal with the existence of God, we go, you know, you should be able to face as much terror as it as it brings to you. You should be able, yes, Hollies, <laughs> um, that you should that you should be able to. I'm gonna it make make me nervous. Let me. What if God doesn't exist? Let me go through Pascal's wager. Let me let me every uncomfortable thought that's not manifest in real action is one that you should have already embraced. And if you're going to tell me that you've never considered, I mean, the thing is, they did they did this thing. Uh, uh, the Atlantic did an article about about the to- homosexuality timeline, and they said, "Listen, you know, people will, on the right wing will say we don't want our kids converted, but there's not a single person who's gay who hasn't said I knew I was gay from the moment I was born." And people are like, "Oh, you don't know." It's like like suddenly they get to 18 and they decide bullshit. You know, way before that, when I was four years old or five years old. I was dropping my pencil under the teacher's desk so I could look up her skirt. I mean, I don't clearly already seen my mother naked, so it wasn't a real fact-finding mission, right? There was a curiosity there about somebody who was not my mother. Oh, so, uh, yeah, and yeah, everybody, you know, from my godfather to my daughter, we got hey, 
every hey, whatever. I don't even have to have people who I'm connected to who are gay to justify what I think is sound thinking. You know, so, okay. And then you have to, all of a sudden, you start to hear about homosexuality in a serious way when you're maybe 11, 12, 13. You need to sit and ask yourself, especially if you're a man, women don't have these kind of pressures necessarily. If you're a man, have an open and honest, quiet conversation with yourself, consider it. And I remember having that discussion with myself when I was 14, going, hey, could I be gay? And I was like, all right. I'm sitting in the classroom. Remember clear as day. Homeroom class. Fourth freshman in high school. I'm 14 years old. I was, this is when I was smoking weed three times a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Best grades of my high school career. And then stopped after six months. I was like, okay, all right, well, if I was going to have sex with anybody in this room, any dude in this room, who would it be? Oh, yeah, Johnny Karate. That's his nickname for this guy. And I look over at Johnny Karate. I said, well, why? Well, he looks like a girl. <laughs> and then I realized, whoo, okay, that's it, okay. In other words, what I found inherently sexy was, was feminine, fundamentally female. Now, if Johnny Karate had been a big lumberjack-looking dude, I said, hey, you know, I got, I got something going on here that I'm going to have to address. And I got friends who are bisexual. I talked to them about bisexuality. It's like I never went through that phase where you might, you know, you know, I was aroused by nudity. And I didn't really give a shit who was naked. By the time I was four or five, I just don't understand. There are a couple of things I don't understand. And you'd think I'd understand one of them. I don't understand aggressive self-sabotage. That's a thing you'd think I'd understand because you've heard me talk about times I've done it to myself before, aggressive self-sabotage. But it's more, it's important for me to, 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 to be as I am. So when that woman says after 10 years, oh, I got you an audition on Deep Space, I got you on Deep, Deep Space Nine, you don't even have to audition. And I say, ah, it only took 10 years. You could read that any way you want. She read it like I was, you know, insulting her, never called me back, and never did it. She called me years later, she spoke to her husband years later and said, hey, uh, maybe you could help me with my business. I go, sure, have her call me. She never called. She knew. Anybody associated with me, anybody associated with me, comes out better for it, unless you're a complete asshole. I put money in my friends' pockets. How many of you listening, I, I, I published several of the stories, true stories of some of you who, who are listening now, watching. Some of you have helped me out by, by writing you know, questions for the sex column. And that helps as well. That just helps me. This is no Pollyanna, Pollyannish weirdness about, oh, you know, we got to help each other. No, we don't got to. We do. And so what I'm saying is fundamentally, Ariel is no different from me. He's serving his pair. I'm serving my pair. Between the two of us, between and betwixt the two of us, Luke has got the hardest job. And Mac, but this McNuggets crawling, mewling thing he's doing, that's fundamentally, he got, you know, concentric circle, baby. He got it from the center. He got the axle. I'm sure the bald one called him and said, you get in front of this fucking thing. You get on that fucking thing and you straighten this out. I'm done with you. I'm done. Go fight in boxing. See if Bob Arum wants you now. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the, was came over me. And the and they came in the and then. Yeah, mewling. Mewling, mewling, mewling. And there's something really weird about these guys. You know, some of these belt holders, they're like female celebrities. Like I remember talking about female, like why do female celebrities who are really rocking it? have these emotionally difficult things, you know, like Britney Spears and so on. It's because at that point, they're in paranoia time. Who do I trust? Now you get a rich guy who's a billionaire and all of a sudden is being like, you know, oh, oh you're so fascinating, 25-year-old model. Get the fuck out of here. This guy doesn't have enough insight to go, how many 25-year-old models was I pulling when I was working as a junior associate? 
I go, not many. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. But a Britney Spears wants to know, like, I wonder if he's here for me, for real. Courtney Love, I wonder if he's here for me, for real. Or is he here for my money? Rich guys don't give a shit about that. Don't give a shit about that. And so it's the same kind of thing. I mean, you know, I'm asking myself those questions. But I don't have to because I'm way away from that scent, that axle wheel. I'm way on the end. I'm on the tire. But not axis aerial. And there's a price to be paid being that close into to the center of the axle. If you've read Don, uh, John uh, Charity's, uh, um, John Charity's translation of Dante's um, uh, Divine Comedy, and you get to the last circle of hell, and at the base of it, Satan is immersed waist deep in, in ice, and the ice comes from him crying, and he's flapping his wings and trying to presumably get back to heaven. And he's crying as he's flapping his wings. And the flapping of his wings freezes his tears into, into waist-high ice that, that keep him kind of mired at the base of hell. Axel, Axis Ariel is ice skating on that ice. So, um, anyway. Any, anyway. Uh, like, I come not to praise him, nor to bury him. I just want to put shit in perspective. What's scary about Ariel is that he's a true believer. That's scary. In the same way that true believers are scary, no matter what their political affiliation. Give me a cynical opportunist any day. I think fundamentally, uh, the president is a cynical opportunist. <laughs> and, and I would rather have him as president... Then, uh, then Pence. Pence is a true believer. Makes me nervous. The Nazi upper echelon, these guys who are on trial for Nuremberg, there were cynical opportunists there, there too. One of the most famous ones, I'm going to have to, off-quoted uh, Speer. He, he lied his ass off and got, and got his sentence commuted and didn't get hanged. His line was essentially the Brooklyn, the, the Brooklyn Street guy's line of, Jews, I ain't had nothing about no Jews. And it worked. They got them off. So anyway, uh, the show's about over. I got no bids on my uh, used Sorrel Academy Gi that would have had the signature. Um, oh, I get, or maybe, maybe you guys did it privately and just, uh, and just PayPal'd me the money. I'll return. Eichmann was a, a cynical opportunist, I believe, as well. The true believers were few and far between. I think Heydrich was a, few, a true believer. I think Hitler was a true believer. I think uh, uh, Himmler was a true believer. I don't think Goering was. And I have to say, I don't think that... Uh, um, who was the cat? Oh, man. The, um, Goebbels. I'm unsure about Goebbels. It's like Beria spitting on uh, spitting on uh, Stalin when he thought he was dying and kissing his feet when he thought he was going to live. That's the kind of cynical opportunism I can, I, I can, I can live with. But I tell you, I'm going to get off this show. If you're, if you are, if you are, um, if you are subscribed to the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper channel, you will get the new JJB where we cover the fastest submission in MMA history, now courtesy of Bellator. Uh, Haim Gazzoli's kid, and we're going to cover that. We got a commercial from Saigon Luda Livre, so those are gonna, those are both going to come up on this channel afterward. But then I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the the PayPal thing, and if you bid on this, probably the person who got the top bid will get it. Otherwise, I immediately walk out to the garbage can and throw it away. That's I mean, whatever. You know, I don't know how much it's going to cost to mail it or probably at least $15, but I don't know why you'd want it, but it's here, and I've offered it, and that's all. So now we've come to the end of the show. I'm about to die in this room from the heat. I close all the windows because I don't want the neighbors to get this shit for free. Uh -huh. But anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you Tuesday night. New new guest. Apparently, we've got a little bit more information about Kid Nate 
The reason why he quit uh, If I Did It and If the Shoes Fit was largely because he's sick of MMA. <laughs> How do you like that? How do you like that? He's sick of MMA. He said, really, I just can't fucking, like using the British expression, can't be arsed. So he'll come by as a surprise guest every now and then, but we'll have surprising other uh, guests until we settle on. We're thinking about doing a community element and having you all kind of compete to be on the show, but we'll see. But, but anyway, this is the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Tuesday night at 7.20, if the shoes, if I did it, followed by if the shoes fit. Monday night, Care Don't Care is going to debut. Monday also, which means 9.30 tonight, the new sex column is out. If you're connected to me on Twitter, at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, uh, I tweet it out through there. Also, patreon.com slash the stomper. We got six days left in, in August and, uh, uh, to, to make some money for the show. And we'll see you soon. Until then, look what you made me do! Hey! <laughs>